A reading from the beginning of the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the holy ones and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ and Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the holy ones because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. Of this you have already heard through the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as in the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing, so also among you from the day you heard it and came to know the grace of God in truth. As you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow slave, who is a trustworthy minister of Christ on your behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Verbum Domini. I trust in the mercy of God forever. I, like a green olive tree in the house of God, trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I I will thank you always for what you have done and proclaim the goodness of your name before your faithful ones. Dominos vobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Lucam, After Jesus left the synagogue, he entered the house of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever and they interceded with him about her. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and waited on them. At sunset, all who had sick people with various diseases brought them to him. 
he laid his hands on each of them and cured them. And demons also came out from many shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus left and went into a deserted place. The crowds went looking for him. And when they came to him, they tried to prevent him from leaving them. But he said to them, to the other towns also I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Verbum Domini. As the EWTN employee chaplain, I have the privilege of getting to know our 550 plus employees throughout the world who labor in the vineyard of the Lord and have dedicated themselves in many ways to the mission of EWTN, to spreading as far as possible the truth and the power of the incarnate word of God the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, the Son of a living God. The friars have the privilege of working closely with the employees and their families, and in most cases, getting to know their children as well. Some of them are serving here today. Whenever an employee or a member of their family needs prayer, I'm not shy to beg for prayers from our wider EWTN family. If I could ask you and so indulge you to pray for the father of Alyssa Murphy, Mr. Bill Murphy, keep him in your prayers, their entire family. No doubt he's watching today. Alyssa works for our National Catholic Register her dear father, Bill, has stage four cancer and is entering into hospice care. Many people listening to EWTN radio might remember Alyssa's voice on Morning Glory. Mr. Murphy was and is right now to this day a daily mass communicant, but that might end shortly because his state is weakening. And Mr. Murphy, please be assured of the prayers of congregation here and the wider EWTN Global Catholic Network family. You sure did raise a great girl in Alyssa. So wonderful daughter. I sure hope that somebody can bring you Holy Communion as you brought Holy Communion to so many people during your life. It's a beautiful article that Alyssa wrote about her father bringing Holy Communion to the sick. And what an example her father was in bringing the sick and the homebound, the presence of the Lord in the midst of their trials. What a great example you were, Mr. Murphy, to all of us.
The gospel today fits nicely with the care of the sick and the homebound. Many of you who are sick and homebound watch the daily mass from your homes when you are unable to attend mass in person. And the friars think about you often at the altar, during our prayers, during morning prayer and vespers. We think about you just as the Lord doesn't forget you. Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever, and they interceded with him about her. She couldn't come to Jesus, so Jesus came to her. Period. Jesus comes to meet us. Jesus stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and waited on them. The presence of Jesus is alive in the church, from the womb unto the tomb. It's in the church that we receive the gift of new birth, the sacrament of baptism, that we are born again, born from above. And through the sacraments, we are born again, not just once, but again and again and again and again. We can experience that touch and that liberation and being rescued by the Lord. The church is there at every juncture of our lives to dispense what God freely gives and wants to bestow on his children. When we are sick in the soul, the church is willingly there to pour forth the grace of the sacraments. The sacrament of penance and reconciliation cleanses us from sin and restores us to life in Christ. Healing in soul and sometimes in body, as the gospel and Christian history attests, and the removal of sin are priorities in Jesus' ministry. Healing of soul, the severing and cutting ties from the evil one, rescuing us from slavery, these are first and paramount in the life and the ministry of Jesus. How does Jesus want to heal us? He wants to sever the power that the devil has over us. Cutting the ties. He has the power. Jesus speaks as the way, the truth, and the life, and breaks the power of the devil. He speaks. And even he doesn't even need to speak in the Gospels, just his presence as the eternal word cuts and liberates and severs, rescues. Jesus has power over the enemy. The gospel says, at sunset, all who had people sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on each of them 
and cured them. And demons also came out from many shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. Chapter four of St. Luke's gospel begins in the wilderness in the desert where Jesus did battle with the, his adversary, the devil, and he fasted for 40 days. We tend to skip over those words. And he fasted for 40 days. The gospel says, and he ate nothing. 40 days. We comes out of the desert the gospel says, and he's hungry. No kidding. Not just hungry for food, but hungry for you. Hungry for souls. Hungry for his mission. Every person who has ever been hungry or thirsty, the Lord Jesus knew during those 40 days. You can say he entered into their hunger. He entered into their thirst. Immediately after his 40 days in the desert, St. Luke says Jesus came to Nazareth, to the place where he had been brought up, where he had been born. I mean, not just not born, but brought up and raised. Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read from the book, the prophet Isaiah. And he said these words from chapter 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In today's gospel, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law is immediately after the Lord said these words from the prophet Isaiah. Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. Jesus is true to his word. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. St. Jerome says, Jesus is the chief physician who has come to heal us from the fever of our sins. In other words, sin causes a spiritual fever and symptoms that leave a trail of devastation in our lives. St. Jerome continues, may Christ come to our house and enter in and by his command cure the fever of our sins. He says each one of us has been sick with a fever when we give way to anger, I have a fever. 
There are many, as many fevers as there are faults and vices. It's a good way of looking at it. Sin as being a fever. Something that's not meant to be there. Something that causes havoc in our lives. I think we all know the last couple of years what it's like to have maybe an extreme fever. 101, 102, 103 degrees, even more, 104. Causes your whole body to go crazy. You can't even get up out of bed. Word must have spread quickly of Simon Peter's mother-in-law's healing. At sunset, all who had been sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on each of them, and he cured them. Each person. The Lord Jesus laid his hands on each person. And there was a saving personal encounter with each and every sick person that they brought to him. He touched them. Even as the God-man, he must have been tired. The Gospels are very clear. It was at sunset. It wasn't at daybreak or midday. It was at sunset. But he took his time with each person, going and touching and laying his hands on each person. And this is the care of our God. This is his personal touch. Mother Angelica was very key on always bringing this into her teachings, that God has a personal care and a personal knowledge of you. If you go up to the shrine, there's a plaque right outside the crash scene of the nativity, and it says, the word was made flesh for you. That was Mother Angelica's personal touch to people that would approach that crush scene to know that God sees you. He knows you. He cares about you. This is the care of our God. This is how he touches us in the sacraments of the church. All of the sacraments, baptism, confirmation, most of all, Holy Communion, if we receive Holy Communion every day, if we're so privileged, the sacrament of penance. I've never seen a couple try and come into the confession together. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Although they can probably tell, one another, tell the priest one another's sins. You come in individually. You come in as an individual. And you receive the healing power, and Jesus stands over you, if you will, and he touches you. He stands over us and touches us and heals us. 
The Lord could have announced a healing command over the entire group in this gospel. The entire group of people come to him as a body. He could have seen the entire group of people, maybe 100 people, maybe 500 people, maybe more, maybe 1,000. He could have just stood over them and laid his hands, put his hands up, and prayed over them and cured the entire group of people with one word. But no, what does he do? He takes time to touch and lay hands on each one. He chooses to meet them. You might say that he desires to enter into their pain, to dive into their pain. The sacraments of the church are very much like this. I'm thinking right now of the anointing of the sick, the laying on of hands, the part when the priest lays his hands on the sick person and prays in silence. It's the healing touch of Christ, the healing touch of Jesus bringing his power. And oil is used for the conferral of the sacrament, the conferral of the power of Christ, bringing salvation and grace. The priest says, through this holy anointing, and the priest uses his right hand and touches the forehead. I, I can't anoint myself. I need another priest. It's not like priests can hear their own confessions and anoint themselves. Priests need priests too. So I would trace the sign of the cross on somebody's forehead. It's one of the most beautiful things that I have the privilege to do. Through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then takes the hands. Oftentimes you have to remind people because they might be a little bit out of sorts. Or maybe they've never been anointed before at all. I've encountered that in many people. They've never been anointed before. Taking their hands, may the Lord who frees you from sin, he anoints one hand, the priest anoints one hand, usually the left and then the right. May the Lord who frees you from sin save you and raise you up. See how the Lord still touches us? Through the power of the sacraments. He hasn't left us orphaned. He still continues to work powerfully to bring about ransom, to bring about healing, to touch his people.